This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. What can you buy for a dollar seventy? Some mixed lollies, half an hour of parking. One Australian spent his hard-earned cents and bought a property in a small town in Sicily, Italy. He has turned it into a community kitchen to feed those in need and over the last couple of years has also turned it into a community hub. Danny McCubbin is the founder of The Good Kitchen. Hello, Danny. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Good. Now, listen, I have actually heard so many stories over the years and read many articles about small Italian towns and villages with properties going for a one euro, which is what this costs, or a dollar seventy yeah. in Australian dollars. First of all, what is the story here with these euro properties? Surely they're not grand mansions or houses that are in complete finished condition. Yeah, so Lisa, um, quite some time ago, um, somebody came up with a brilliant plan in Italy uh, to start selling houses that were abandoned to uh, mainly to foreigners for the princely sum of one euro. And it started really because in so many towns um, across Italy, there's depopulation. So families have had to leave to find work elsewhere. And the houses stood still. And so the families, rather than having to pay the taxes, the local municipality says, okay, we'll take them off your hand. And then they started selling them to foreigners. So it's been hugely popular, a great way for foreigners to have a second home, um, and also just a great way to settle in Italy, which is what I've always wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, why Italy for you? So many years ago, um, I used to work for Jamie Oliver in, in London for 17 years, so I went to London in 1998, such a long time ago, and uh, I uh, helped set up 15 restaurants, which is Jamie's, was Jamie's Social Enterprise in London, and there were so many Italian chefs there, so I became friends with many Italians, uh, spent a lot of time out here, I volunteered for a community called San Patrignano. And it was my dream, uh, sadly, when the UK uh, left the EU, when Brexit happened, um, as an Aussie, I just loved the fact that I had a British passport and I could travel, could travel and work through Europe. So it was always my plan to, to move here one day. And then in 2020, I took a leap of faith and moved to Sicily. The only time I've ever stepped into a Jamie Oliver restaurant is to visit my Italian friend who was a waitress. So there must be a lot of uh, yeah. Italians uh, working there. Yeah, 15 there was. So 15 was, uh, you know, an iconic restaurant in many ways. Mm. We trained um, hard-to-reach young people to become top chefs. And the food was always Italian. Um, and my great friend Gennaro Catalo worked there as well. So I spent a lot of time out here. Uh, and then, of course, that was buying the one-euro house as a way for me to settle in into Musameli here in Sicily. So this one-euro property that you came across, describe what it looked like when you first stepped inside. Well, I saw 27, 20, sorry, 28 houses um, when I came here in May 2019. And it was always my intention to set up a community kitchen or a project that had social value in the town. And so this house, the 28th house I saw, um, was in really good condition, Lisa. It had the foundation to find, had no, the roof wasn't leaking. In fact, it was just as it was um, when, the, sadly, the lady called Vincenza passed away 15 years prior to 2019. 
it's a, it was a beautiful house. Um, it had a stable attached to it as well, which I always knew and envisaged that would be a great place to start this kitchen. Um, sadly, I, I never ended up um, launching the kitchen in the house because during the pandemic, the house was still for nearly a year. Uh, and there were two houses either side that had a lot of water damage. So the house that I bought was sadly received a lot of damage. So I ended up selling it back to the agency for a euro. <laughs> I didn't make a profit on it. And then uh, I ended up launching in an old shop in the main town square. So your concept, the good kitchen, it's something that's been going for two years. You're in the main square, this new property you came across, uh, and it's something you've been working on for two years. What was the concept when you began? Because I know it has grown and grown over the last two years. Yeah, so I worked um, in London. I worked a lot of... um worked in Jamie's foundation. So I did a lot of community cooking and helping families to, to eat well. And I could quite good at teaching people how to cook. I'm not a chef myself, but having worked for Jamie for quite some time, I, I picked up a lot of skills. Um, there's a, many people here in the town. It's a, it's a quite a poor town because it's so remote in the middle of Sicily. Uh, and there are quite a few people in food poverty. So the churches feed around 285 people every week. And they mainly feed people through a charity called Banca Alimentare, but it's food um, parcels. And so there wasn't anyone who was cooking fresh food um, meals on a Sunday. So it was always my dream, having worked in, on community projects in London, to set up a kitchen where I would cook meals using surplus food um, for those people that were alone on a Sunday. And as you said, it's, it's grown into this beautiful social hub we have lots of young people coming on a Sunday to congregate and help cook. And then when, um, sadly, the Ukrainian families had to flee Ukraine, came to Musameli, they started coming to the kitchen as well. So it's become this, it reminds me, I'm from the country in Australia, it reminds me of an old-fashioned town hall or village town where you would go there and there were different activities and um, it's really quite beautiful how people, and particularly people in the town, have really embraced it. Mm, and also during COVID, uh, it also became a service you could provide the town. Absolutely. So I moved here uh, December 2020, so just before the UK, uh, then at the end of the Brexit transition period for the UK, it was really important for me to get my Italian residency, so I had to come here before the end of 2020. And that was during lockdown, and so um, it wasn't long before I started rescuing food from supermarkets and then redistributing it. And then second wave of COVID hit the town, and uh, overnight around 450 people had to isolate. And a lot of the people and families that had to isolate were in houses that the streets, there weren't any neighbours. Um, so everyone communicates on Facebook here. So I put a message out on Facebook to say that I was able to deliver food and deliver a cooked meal, which was so important for those who had COVID, particularly the elderly. And over a period of uh, two weeks, I think I delivered around 280 meals. And it was a real turning point for the kitchen because at first people were a bit wondering, you know, am I a chef? Is it a restaurant? Is it a cafe? And then when they got to see what we can do, they really then started to embrace it even more, which was fantastic. Can you take us to the town and describe it? If somebody hasn't been to this particular part of the world before, what is it like? What does it look like? What does it smell like? <laughs> 
it's such a beautiful Sicilian town. So it's 800 feet above sea level. It's quite remote, so it's in the heart of Sicily in a region called Caltanissetta. Uh, it's about an hour from Agrigento, so it's on the west, closer towards the southwest coast of, of Sicily. And the, the town is perched on top of the hill, so as you drive up, you can see the old town with the church right at the top. And it has everything that you would imagine from a mini, a, you know, a, a beautiful old Italian town, cobbled streets, and these beautiful homes. Um, there used to be 30,000 people living here, and now there's 10,000, sadly. People have had to leave to find work. Um, and there is a new part of the town as well, but it's sort of um, divided by a ravine. But what really struck me more than the material and the kind of presence of the town was how friendly the people were. Um, it reminded me so much of country, country Australia, where people say hello to each other when they're walking along the street. When I first moved here, I didn't have a car. Um, and they used to work to the supermarket and a number of people that would stop and offer me a lift. Um, there's a genuine kindness here from the people that I just responded to from the moment I moved here. And Danny, is the good kitchen very flash? The look of it is a very fancy <laughs> or is it that sort of very relaxed, welcoming place? Yeah, yeah it's very relaxed, Lisa. So we've had um, all the furniture has been donated um, and I didn't want to create a space where anyone would feel intimidated. So we have these big glass doors that open up onto the t- town square. So every Sunday we open those glass doors. And about once a month we have a buffet lunch for anyone who's in the town, so foreigners arriving and um, people who may be alone. Um, it's very welcoming. There's music playing. And we often do karaoke as well, which... <laughs> really attract people in, into the kitchen, would you believe? The Sicilians aren't, aren't embarrassed to start singing at all. So we have a karaoke machine that we set up at the front, and on Sundays we're singing Italian songs and cooking with the nonos and creating a space of joy and love, which, um, which makes me very happy. What are the dishes that uh, the locals from the town love to eat? <laughs> As you can imagine, Lisa, it's pasta. So... Really, um, a lot of these families that we, we look after, um, they don't have a, a lot of fresh food delivered to them. So we do a, a fresh food delivery on a Thursday. Uh, so we have around 20 families that we deliver to, and those in those parcels, there's enough food for five people for five days. So the produce here is, is cheap, but it's good as well, um, homegrown. And we get a lot of families um, donating produce from their farms. So incredible olive oil and vinegars. Um, and so every Sunday we do a version of pasta with a side. Like today we did, um, I'm just trying to recall, oh, we had a lot of brassicas, so a lot of um, silver beet and kale. And so I did a, a big um, vegetarian pasta, which people loved, and then the side for serving a salad. If I ever go off piece, um, our families let me know that they just prefer pasta. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you try to mix it up, they say, don't, don't reinvent the wheel. We know what we want. What about, what about exactly. uh, tourists or foreigners who might be you know, traveling through and visiting? Is there a most requested dish? Yeah, um, there are quite a lot of foreigners coming to Musmeli now. Um, so the one euro houses, um, there aren't that many left that are in good condition. So the foreigners are buying what they call premium houses. So it might be a house that a family hasn't abandoned, they've looked after, but just haven't lived in it. 
Um, and the tourists that come here mainly in the in summer, they're here to visit. There's a very famous castle here, and then also there's a lot of people from the UK come back to visit their relatives. Um, they're really happy with my pasta as well. We we tend to cook um, food that gets donated to the to the kitchen. So sometimes I make uh, like a hummus. Um, I do a baba ganoush, but Nothing's ever too spicy, so um, just good, hearty Italian pasta with uh, mainly with vegetables and salad. We also get a lot of um, bread donated to us from local supermarkets, so that goes um, goes over well. And we have an incredible nonna by the name of Kolodjera who bakes for us every week. She actually helps me in the kitchen. She worked in a pastizzeria for 20 years, and um, so we have incredible biscotti and cakes uh, for special occasions as well. Speaking of good help around the kitchen, you've also got quite a number of, of young people who are volunteering. Yes, absolutely. So, so uh, there's 50% youth unemployment in Sicily. Uh, and here in the town, what I love about living here too is there's no um, high street or shopping mall. And so the kids... Um, they're just very happy to be riding around on their bikes and, you know, they don't have kind of like the latest um, branded uh, shoes or mobile phone and they're, they're happy just to go riding their bikes and being around the town. But there's not a lot of planned activities for them. So um, the facilities aren't great. The soccer field is, needs a lot of repair. Um, and so the kids, we started running cooking classes when I first launched the kitchen and that was two years ago. And then some of the kids asked if they could come back and help cook on a Sunday. So they come um, and help us prepare the food. But the most important thing that, that they do is they deliver the meals to the families as well. So then they get to see no matter what struggles they have, that there are people out there that, um, you know, maybe off work, in a worse-off situation. We also look after a group of young people um, from a project called Casa Vanessa, and that's where it's a beautiful house in the outskirts of the town where children live there when their parents can no, look, no longer look after them. So we do a lot of activities for them. Um, but importantly, also, they're learning a skill. And I'm, um, I don't want to be a school teacher too often, but we're also teaching them English, which I think is a great gift for them to have because I don't really get the chance to speak a lot of English if it wasn't for coming to the kitchen. Danny, you run the Musumeli uh, Good Kitchen in the town of Musumeli in, in Sicily. Originally, you were from Australia. Do you think a model like this um, exists in Australia or could work here? Absolutely, Lisa. So there's, you know, there's brilliant um, food social enterprises in Australia. In fact, I'm coming back home next year in January, Feb, and I'm planning to catch up with wonderful people. Oz Harvest is a beautiful project in, throughout Australia and other social enterprises as well. I think the difference for the Good Kitchen, I think, which would, which would work well in Australia is this idea of a communal table on a Sunday. So there are a lot of people that may be able to afford food, but they're just lonely. And so what we do is we break down the barriers, um, things like having the music playing and the kids cooking, welcoming people along on a Sunday. So I love this idea of a communal table, and I'm, I'm sure in Oz um, there would be an opportunity to do that. And on a small scale as well, Lisa, as well. I think 
I mean, I've always said that if I ever started something which I did, that it wouldn't become too big, that I would lose touch with the people that we were helping and also our volunteers. So the, the idea of a communal table, and I also think, you know, during the pandemic, we saw so many restaurants and chefs kind of opening their spaces and welcoming people. And I think we've certainly in the UK, we've gone back to um, the norm. And I think there's an opportunity now to open up again and break bread together. Yeah, indeed. You know, when I first moved to Darwin many moons ago, I used to go to uh, a kitchen called My Sister's Kitchen, which was predominantly for uh, refugees and new Australians, as well as the wider community. And every Monday, uh, all the women would get together and cook and share stories. But then when it was time to serve the food, their kids would come or the greater community could come along and eat the food as well. And it was a really wonderful way for for me who just moved here to to make friends and for uh, women and their families to settle and make uh, friends and community. It was such a, a wonderful initiative. Well, it's fantastic. I mean, food is the one thing we all have in common. Um, and I think, you know, particularly if you, I always said for the good kitchen that, that it would never be a place of shame or like a soup kitchen or you would never feel embarrassed to come along there. We have a lot of elderly people during the week that call past and just want some company. So, yeah, I, I definitely think in Australia, I mean, I think Australians are, <laughs> they're already so used to, to sharing and knowing their neighbours. And I'm so looking forward to coming home. So, I, you know, I think, uh, that's innately in within Australians. I remember many years ago that you know if their neighbours were having troubles or there were people that were suffering. We would always reach out through food, um, and I think that's part of what Australians do for sure. What's next for you, Danny, and for the the Good Kitchen? So, Lisa, I'm coming home as I said in <laughs> January and February. I'm looking forward to that. Um, the next phase of the good kitchen is I have a plan. Well, I'm writing a book about it, um, which actually launches, uh, July, published in July in, in Australia. And all the, my royalties are going back in, into the kitchen. But for the, for the good kitchen, my dream is that we start to teach other young, I don't want to say chefs, but other young people who are involved in food. So it could be you know, young people working in restaurants or studying to be chefs to teach them exactly what we've done in the kitchen. So I have um, a small grant from the Antonio Coluccio Foundation. Antonio was a great friend of mine and a great supporter of all the work that I did in London for various charities. Um, And so we have a small grant to start this pilot where I would invite 10 young foodies from across Europe to come and experience everything and learn in the kitchen and then go back to wherever they're from and to start community projects as well. So I feel that uh, there's nothing like learning firsthand. So the idea is they would come and live in Musumeli um, for a period of time and learn everything about the kitchen, how to upscale recipes, rescue food. And then we start this sort of network of these brilliant young minds that are community-minded that are working on, on various projects. So that's for next year. And in general, just to keep going, I think the, my love for the kitchen, I, it just um, is very real. It's very, um, with everything obviously happening in the world at the moment, it's, it's a good news story. Um, it's a place of joy, and I'm just going to continue volunteering. Um, I need to learn more Italian. That's one thing I must do for sure. <laughs> 
Well, you've already made me so hungry, Danny. I'm not joking. I was looking at <laughs> photos of some of the food and oh. I just, uh, I, uh, yeah, I want it. <laughs> Maybe you can send a pack over. That would be lovely. Yeah. Well, you're always welcome to visit as well anytime, Lisa. Thank you so much. You know, Danny, my nonna used to make me um, lasagna when I'd visit her in Adelaide and she'd deep freeze it. So by the time I flew to Darwin, it was just defrosted and I'd have to eat it the next day, but it was so good. Perfect. Oh, those memories, those memories of family meals are um, a thing of joy for sure. Thank you so much, Danny. My pleasure, Lisa. Take care. (laughs) Take care to you too. Danny McCubbin is the founder of The Good Kitchen. It is in Sicily, uh, in the small town of Musameli, The Good Kitchen, providing food and, as you can hear, a good community space for the people of Musameli. (music) 